Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. This is a continuation study on Matthew 24. Start off in verses 9 through 14 and discuss how Jesus is describing the end of days. If you remember, the first eight verses, we talked about the disciples were standing with Jesus, or probably he was sitting, as they were looking at all the beautiful temple um, surroundings, if you will. They were having their time with Jesus with fellowship. Because they just left the temple and they're walking around looking at the the architectural design, the, the magnificence of the temple. And they're looking at other buildings around the temple. And so the disciples came to him to call his attention to the buildings. I mean, you know, they're saying, hey, Jesus, look at this temple. Look at the buildings around the temple. Look how great our, uh, you know, buildings are, our churches are. Now we could do the same thing. We could say, hey, look at this beautiful cathedral. Look at this beautiful, magnificent mega church and look at how it's designed. It's just amazing. And look at all these big landscapers that we have or skyscrapers we have. I mean, look at the skyscrapers in, in D.C. or the skyscrapers that are in New York or the skyscrapers in Chicago. And, and, and Jesus says, do you see these, these things? You see all these things? He asked them. Um, he says, I tell you the truth, no one, not one stone here will be left on another. So Jesus goes in and describes what will happen in the last days. And he starts in verse 4 through 8, and he gave four key principles four key elements of what will happen that precedes his coming. The first thing he says in verse 4, he says, watch out that many um, will come in his name, that they will deceive them. So he says, watch out, no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. Many teachers, false teachers, are going to say that they're anointed, they're called of God. That's why we have cults. That's why we have, you know, the Jim Jones issues. We can go on with you know, many other type of cult leaders. So Jesus says, many will come in my name. Then number two, he says, you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. And then he says, but don't get alarmed about that. You're going to always have wars. Number three, he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdoms. Now we could say that's even with our own society that we're living in. We could say nation against nation. We can say now it's America versus, say, China versus Russia versus whatever country it is. Kingdoms within kingdoms. We can say it's against this, this core group that's located within this part of our country. It could be kingdoms against other nations as well. It could be people in people. It could be political. It could be ethnicity. It could be lawless behavior versus lawful behavior. So kingdoms of people, the left versus the right, conservatives versus liberals. Uh, we can say on and on what that looks like. 
And then number four, he says there will be famines, earthquakes, and various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Now, we talked about that in our episode one of Matthew 24. So verse 9 goes on and says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Now, number 9, verse 9, I should say, verse 9 really speaks loud and clear to all believers across the country, all believers in the globe. You will be hated because of the name of Yeshua. You will be hated because of the name Jesus Christ. You will be hated because you are a follower of the Messiah. You will be hated because Jesus represents godliness, represents the Godhead, and is holy. Therefore, we must be people of holiness. So he says that you will be handed over, which means arrested. You will be confined. You'll be sent to prison. You can be beaten. You can have persecution where somebody takes away your livelihood. And then because you won't renounce your faith, you could be put to death because of what you believe in. Now, there are many Christians across our globe, from China to various communistic countries that have given their lives to Jesus Christ and have hidden themselves from their government because of the persecution that will come. When the government finds out that they are in seclusion or hiding, they go after them and try to get them to renounce their faith. Now, why? Why is our faith in Jesus such a threat? When the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Well, if Jesus was not God, no one Listen to me. No one would care what you believe or what you follow. If you were worshiping a false god, uh, an idol that was created by man, and says that is your god, the government will not come after you. But because you are saying Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, and it is in the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. That is why the nations of this world will hate you because of his name and because you follow him. So verse 9 says you will be handed over to be persecuted. You don't have to break any laws. You don't have to, you know, commit any crime. You're not going to be handled or be persecuted because, you know, you're just a nice guy. You're going to be handed over to be persecuted because you believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it. Because Jesus is saying this, it is a very strong reminder that of all the people that serve Christ, all the people after Jesus' resurrection, that have died as martyrs. Jesus saw all that, and he is telling us future tense, not past tense, not present tense, future tense, my friends, that you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of what? Your political party? No. You will be hated because of 
Me, Jesus says. Jesus Christ. The world will hate you because of who you believe in. And that is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of a virgin, died on the cross of Calvary, rose from the dead in three days, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God, and is coming back for his church. This is why the world will hate you. But because the world is going to hate you, Jesus even says, but here's the caveat in verse 10. In that time... At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. Now, hang on here. Jesus is telling us that because of him, we're going to be handed over. Because of him, because of our love and faith in God alone, because of who Jesus is, we're going to be persecuted, put to death but be hated as well. Even after they kill you because of your faith, they're still going to hate you. You're going to be persecuted, whipped, beaten, stripped from all social economic constructs that keep you alive in our world. That persecution is going to get so severe that because you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be put to death. But then verse 10 says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith. Well, I guess if they know that they're going to lose their life, lose their livelihood, many will say, hey, I, I don't believe in them. The fact that Peter renounced Jesus three times should say something to you. But at least he came around and repented. The fact that Judas was filled with Satan and betrays Christ for 30 pieces of silver, that should tell you something. The fact that Jesus is now telling you in verse 10, at that time, many will turn from their faith and betray and hate each other. Paul talks about this in his writings of the apocalypse and, and the end times as well. But Jesus is telling us that because of this persecution, many are just going to turn away from the faith. Hey, hey, you know, I just go to church because it's a social gathering. I just go to church because, you know, I just got to feel like I'm doing my righteous duty to be hopefully um, getting my brownie points or my, my, my golden star from heaven that I'm going to be good enough to make it. No, if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, if you don't believe that he is the son of God, born of a virgin, if you don't believe he rose from the dead, you don't have salvation in Jesus Christ. You just don't. So Jesus is saying in verse 10, and at that time, many will turn away from the faith. Well, how can you turn away from the faith? Well, we just gave a couple examples about what Peter did, and Peter actually became more zealous for God when he repented of, of his denial. But the point here is, many, and that is, I can't even quantify that, many, will turn from the faith and hate. The word here is hate one another. Betray and hate one another. You could have family members who hate you because you're a believer. You know, it's, it's, somebody asked me, you know, what's, what's worse? To have your next door neighbor hate you 
than have somebody that you work with hate you or have a family member hate you. Well, of course, I think it goes down to reason. I think it would hurts more when your family member hates you, especially when you think it's a sibling or even your own child. But the point here is, if you hate, then that means the love of God has never or has not been in your life. Because God is love, and his seed is in you. And if his seed is in you, it would be impossible to hate someone else. So when Jesus is saying that if you are truly my disciples, you would love one another, you can you can feel, you can, you can discern that those who abandoned the faith, walked away from the faith, now hate and betray one another, then the love of God was never in their life. Because the opposite of love is hate. So when you hear people say, I hate this person, but yet they go to church, then they are not a believer. I'm just going to tell you, and we can look at 1 John and go through that story there. 1 John goes through that in detail. You can't say you love God, but hate your brother that you do see. So when Jesus is telling you in verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith, the faith in Yeshua, the faith in God alone. People are going to just say, I don't believe in this anymore because the persecution is too much for me. And they're going to turn and walk away. And because of that, they will betray someone who's in the faith to probably turn them in. And then they would hate because that's the spirit of the Antichrist is hate. So the spirit of hate will be prevalent in these last days. Since the love of most have already grown cold. Verse 11. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Now Jesus says in verse 4. He says, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name. So he's reiterating what is going to happen that in order for people to betray one another, they have to be following something that would A, usher in or to dictate their behavior or actions. So if Jesus says in verse 4, watch out that many will come in my name, as he gets into 5 as well, claiming they're the Christ, he now goes in and says in verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. So you have people who are going to say they're Christ in verse 4 and 5, and in verse 11, he says that many false prophets are going to come out deceiving people. You can have, you know, John the Baptist that precedes Christ. I get that. Isaiah talks about that as well. But now we're talking about, in verse 11, many, many, many false teachers, false prophets are going to come out just deceiving people. False doctrines, false ideologies. You're just going to see and hear about many people that are just running rampant, preaching their own version of maybe the gospel, maybe their own version of what they believe is God, maybe their own version of what it is to be... Um, Worthy to go to heaven, but many false prophets will appear and deceive many. If they are not following the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're preaching another doctrine, let it be accursed, according to Galatians chapter 1. So because of the um, nature of what's going on in verse 11, Jesus goes on and says in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So let me just slow it down just a second here. We are talking from verse 4 through 12. 
how much is going to happen in the world? We're going to find out people are going to say they're Jesus Christ himself. Just look at certain cult leaders. You've heard those stories. They already said they're, they're, they're the Messiah. And many people have done mass suicide, genocide of the, their own, say, families, if you will, forced to drink Kool-Aid just to die for a false Messiah. Jesus says many will come in my name, his name. There's only one Jesus Christ. And in entertainment, there was only one Elvis Presley, and there was only one Muhammad Ali, and there was only one Michael Jackson. We could say that's only one person, but there are many copycats saying that they are those type of people. So Jesus says, watch out. Many will come saying that they are the Christ. And then as we just read in verse 11, many false prophets will appear to deceive many. So what happens? What is happening right here that Jesus is reminding us? Here's how I see it. If we're not going to be a true follower of God, who is the God of love, and Jesus Christ loved us so much to be obedient unto death, for God so loved the world, so loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God so loved, God so loved. So love... God's love is what sustains us. It is God's love that can bring people to salvation. But because people fail to, to accept God's love, fail to acknowledge that God is God, then it says that the love of many will grow cold in verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, verse 12, the love of most will grow cold. Because wickedness causes our sin nature to be in the driver's seat. And because our sin nature is in the driver's seat, we do things to gratify the flesh versus the spirit. So for gratifying the flesh, we will not, we will never, we will never show love to one another because we are trying to please the flesh. And if you are pleasing the flesh, you're not going to love your neighbor as thyself. You're not going to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're not going to obey the whole commandment, which is summed up in one command, to love God with your whole heart and to love your neighbor as self. You're not. So you're going to love self in a form of gratifying the flesh and then hate anyone that loves God or hate anyone that tries to show the love of God in a manner that expresses God's love. So the love of most or many will grow cold. But verse 13 says, But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. The lake of fire. The testing that we're all going to go through prior to the start of the tribulation, we're already going through some form of trials and persecutions for just believing in God. Conservatives can tell you this being censored on social media, being censored in life. Can't have church in this pandemic, but you can go to a bar. The love of most is growing cold. And many will depart from the faith and betray one another and hate one another because you are a Christian and you believe in God. So because you are a Christian and believe in God, it is time now that you stand up with confidence 
with zeal and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. If people want to stand up and say, I believe in this or that or this, this doctrine over here and think that it's okay for them to say that and get away with it and then proclaim First Amendment rights, then you, under the Constitution, should be able to stand up under your First Amendment rights and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But remember what Jesus said if you do that. Many will persecute you. They will hate you. They will kill you because of your faith in him. That is counting the cost, my friends, of being a believer. And if you're going to tell people that you're a Christian today without having to go through persecution, okay, what's going to be the test that you truly are born again? Have somebody arrest you and tell you to renounce your faith? Have somebody having this cancel culture have you uh, censored or canceled out of your livelihood because you proclaim that you're a believer, because you have your Bible on your desk, because you have Christian music playing on your computer, because people are listening to rock music or whatever music that pleases them, but they're saying your, your music's offending them, your music is, is, is intimidating, your music is offensive, so therefore I am commanding you to turn that music off that talks about the Lord. You're pushing church on me you're being you're being offensive or you're being a racist so christians then what acquiesce to that then you're departing from your faith stand up for the name of christ stand up don't let anybody tell you you can't listen to your music or you can't say the name jesus just because everybody else could talk about their gods and get away with it. Remember, the name of Jesus Christ is an offense to those who don't believe. The Bible just says this. I recommend, because of the increase of wickedness in verse 12, and the love of most will grow cold, to stand firm is to stay in the word of God. To stand firm in verse 13 is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. To go through the Apostles' Creed, to declare your faith, to say out loud, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And if that means you go to what I call the lion's den of persecution, then be like Daniel and stand on your faith. Be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when you go through the fiery furnace because somebody doesn't like who you believe. And trust that God alone is going to deliver you from that evilness that's happening to you, if that's his will. But stand up and be saved because you know your salvation is at hand. Stand up and be saved because you know your destination or your home is heaven itself. Don't worry about who can destroy the body, but worry about one, one who can determine where your soul goes. And that is God alone. So verse 13 says, He who stands firm to the end will be saved. And verse 14, And thus this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. My friends, I can tell you where I'm at. 
And here's where I'm at. I see the things that are going on in the world today. And I can tell you that until the conservative church, the Bible-believing, gospel-believing family of God, Christian Dome itself, stands up and says, no, this wickedness is not of God. This evil is not of God. Stand up and be accounted for. Thus says the Lord, repent and turn from your wicked ways and follow Yeshua HaMashiach and become born again. I am telling you, Christian church, rise up, stand up, because your salvation is at hand. And tell the world, go out and tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he's coming in, coming again. Because this verse is telling us, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We are the preachers. We are the testifiers. We are the one who gives the world our testimony that Jesus Christ is the Lord that saved every man from sin. He is the Lord God Almighty. Then the end will come. I am praying and hoping that through this study, you will ask God for the spirit of boldness, the spirit of courage, the spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of his word so that when these tough times get more enhanced, accelerated, you will be able to stand up and say, no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Believe that, confess that, and be prepared that you may be persecuted and die for your faith like millions before you. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. May the study continue to enrich us, develop us to be fighters of our faith, warriors of our faith, that we know your word never returns void. So I ask, Lord God, fill your church with power, just like at Pentecost, so they can go and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is turning evil day by day. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. Join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer. <laughs>